0: This episode deals with violent, and often harrowing, material. If at any time you feel like you need support, call Dunstable 371 and ask for Susan. My name is Alan Stoob, and this is Alan Stoob's True Crime Casebook. Hello, Glad you could join me. Welcome to episode 2. For background about my life as Britain's premier Nazi hunter, I recommend episode 1. But if you can't be bothered, basically I've stepped down as a Nazi hunter and I'm spending my retirement solving all the outstanding cold cases in the Bedfordshire area. <coughs> Goebbels! If you're going to stay in here, you have to be quiet. Better. So without further ado... Let's get acquainted with our second case. Flittick is a quiet town in North Bedfordshire. Equidistant between Bedford and Luton, it's mostly known as a station on the Thameslink line, as in Luton, Leegrave, Harlington, Flittick and Bedford. Cited in the Doomsday Book as a hamlet with 16 inhabitants, That number has swelled dramatically since 1068 to 12,997 Excluding illegals But it remains a peaceful parish Nothing much ever happened in Flitick At least it didn't Until the 2nd of October 1983 Retired couple Susan and Harold Reagan were walking their dog a Jack Russell named Henry Kissinger, in Flittick Fields. The Reagans had only recently moved to the area from Biggleswade and appreciated the rolling hills and fresh country air so characteristic of Bedfordshire at its best. Once far enough away from the B51026981 they let Henry Kissinger off his leash. He promptly disappeared into the long grass. The Reagans carried on walking, expecting Henry Kissinger to follow but he didn't. They called out. Nothing. They called again. Still nothing. After a third desperate cry Henry Kissinger re-emerged from the rushes and trotted merrily towards them. As he grew closer they noticed something in his mouth. When he reached his owners he looked up, blinked twice and opened his jaws. Out of them rolled a perfectly formed, Human nose.
1: The Six O'Clock News from the BBC with Sue Lawley and Nicholas Witchell.
2: Good evening. I'm Sue Lawley. A severed nose was discovered by a dog today in the Bedfordshire town of Flittick. Local police are describing the nose as handsome, Roman, and still warm. We can now go live to a press conference at Flittick Public
0: Hall.
3: Thank you all for coming. All right, settle down. Chief Superintendent Jeff Lyme, Bedfordshire Constabulary. At 1300 hours today, in the fields surrounding Flittick, A dog named Henry Kissinger, no relation, happened upon a human nose while out walking with his owners, Susan and Harold Reagan, no relation. The nose is described as distinguished, Caucasian, and full-bodied, and was thought to be alone at the time of discovery. Forensics have identified the nose as male and distinctly oversized. Basically, it's a whopper. Obviously, this is a shocking incident None of my officers has ever seen a nose on its own in a field before. Come to think of it, neither have I. Clearly, we are keen to identify the nose owner, but also the person or persons who perpetrated this shocking nose-based act. Bedfordshire Police would like to reassure the public that in our quest for the truth, no nose will be left unturned. Any questions?
2: We're talking Retrusé, Snub or Roman, Jeff.
3: Roman. Italian anyway. It's
2: the nose as big as Barry Manilow's.
3: Bigger. We're talking a proper hooter here.
2: What are you doing tonight Jeff?
3: Bedfordshire police came
0: out in force. But they had a problem. What exactly were they looking for? Other body parts? Further noses? A trail of used tissues? The field was trawled. But all they found was half a ton of pornography which promptly disappeared. Nearby woods were also searched, but other than an abandoned Sinclair C5 and a lot more pornography, nothing could be linked to the nose. Henry Kissinger was recalled to the scene, but all he managed to sniff out was a tin of powder with Mariborne. <coughs> Extensive house to house inquiries were conducted, with officers instructed to keep an eye out for anyone answering the door without a nose, but no one did. Nor could the nose be linked to any previous crimes. And what about the perpetrator? There were endless questions but no answers. The police had reached a nasal crossroads. Which is when they called in... Mystical Martha. Real name Molly Toop, Mystical Martha was a medium from Leighton Buzzard who had worked on the infamous Dryden Naylor case. Through the simple handling of Naylor's comb Took directed police to a stretch of the River Lee in Batford. Mysterious Martha was invited to flitted police station. The Knowles was placed in presentation case before her and
3: the session was recorded. When you're ready, Martha.
1: Spirit... Spirit of the Nose, it's me, Mystical Martha, from Leyton Buzzard. Do you hear me? I can feel your presence from the other side. Talk to me, Nose. Tell me of yourself.
3: Can we turn the music down a bit?
1: Certainly not. Okay. Don't interrupt me again. Sorry. Spirit of the Nose, it's Martha again. I sense you. Feel your energy. I implore you. Reveal yourself to me. You are here! Oh Nose! Tell me your name. Tony. Tony? No. Peter. Peter? Derek.
3: Harold? Ackman? Ask if you can pin it down.
1: Spirit of the Nose, describe your human form to me. Two legs, you say? Arms, also two. A midriff. Oh, Spirit of the Nose, where do you reside? A house? Or a flat, you say? In the England area? Finally, Spirit, do you have a message for the police? You do. Please share. The spirit. It says... It says... I want my nose back. Okay, that's a wrap. That's it. I can't control the voices, Chris. You're paying cash, right?
0: Mystical Martha was removed from the list of approved mediums. Police were back to square one. Time for a quick word from our sponsors.
1: I'm so excited. Yeah! I love Christmas. Oh, hashtag me too. Oh my god though. What is it though? I haven't booked up the Christmas lunch. Boss will go flipping mental. I know. Shit! What
2: should I do though innit? You try the Albany on Leighton Road? No. The Albany is one of Hotcliff's best loved venues and boasts an average TripAdvisor rating of 3.6. This Christmas it's three course festive lunch inclusive of a complimentary cracker and one medium glass of wine and soft drink comes in at only £41.99 per person That seems quite expensive No? Isn't it
1: already booked up?
2: This is the great thing, the Albanyans hardly taken any bookings for Christmas this year so staff will be able to focus exclusively on your party I guess I need to make that call then I guess you should You know, I wish it could be Christmas every day Oh hashtag me too Tired of the same old routine? Yes. Fancy trying something different? Yes. Something exciting? Yes. Then get yourself down to Caddington Zoo. We've got all the animals you can imagine, from the dull ones like birds and sheep to great monsters of the wild like lions and elephants. And if you're the kind of person who finds zoos depressing, cruel and anachronistic, There's always our cafe and gift shop. So if you really are at the end of your tether, I am... Visit Caddington Zoo tomorrow. Why not today? I'm free today. Caddington Zoo. You won't regret it. Caddington Zoo is a zoo in Caddington. All animals are treated with respect, but some get angry because of the unnatural environment in which they are held. Sometimes they go round and round, smashing their little heads against the bars. We don't like it when they do, but we do make lots of money, especially from kids and families. This is a business, you know. You've got to think about the bottom line. Please do not feed the animals.
0: This is Alan Pod's True Crime Stubecast, online at www.NaziHunterAllen.net and on Twitter at NaziHunterAllen. These days even Nazi hunters have true crime podcasts. With no warm leads, the police were at a loss. Who did the nose belong to? Was its owner still alive, or had they been butchered, body parts strewn all over Frittich and uninterwoven? And who had committed this barbaric act? For the last question, police turned their gaze to Gangland Flittick, the hidden underbelly of Bedfordshire life. Could the severed nose be read as a warning to those who stepped out of line? Flittick gang allegiances divided down the middle between the Bloods and the Wallies. Police brought in their key informant, a gang leader who even now can only be referred to as Mr Q. His voice has been heavily disguised, otherwise, even today, he'd be beaten to death with a snooker cue straight after the interview. You recording then?
1: Yes.
2: But you're changing my voice, right?
1: Yes, Gary. Don't use my fucking name, you fucking mug! Sorry, Gary! Well, what do you
0: want to know? Gangster things! Look, life on the street is different. It's not lights city street. For instance, we use a knife and fork the other way around. But it's not only cutlery based, there's other stuff. Gangland culture is tough. If someone disrespects you or one of your own, you reap revenge, hit back twice as hard. If you don't, you leave yourself fucking vulnerable.
2: Having said that, you never, ever cut off a nose. In fact, I take great exception to such a suggestion. Even gangsters have standards What do you think we are, fucking animals? Anyway, if you're around later, I was thinking maybe we could grab a light bite then catch a movie.
0: Mr Q's revelation was the final nail in the coffin. The nose continued to be silhouetted on Crime Watch UK, but all calls dried up. A nose only identity parade was mooted, then dropped. Police lost interest. The nose had gone cold. What's this, love?
1: And a nice cup of hot Ribena.
0: I'm in the middle of recording.
1: You're wasting your bloody time. No, I'm not. What about me, Alan? Standing by your side all through the Nazi hunting years, hoping that when you were finally through, we could enjoy retirement together. Now, when you're not pretending you're back on the beat, you're recording these bloody stupid pod jobs.
3: They're not stupid. You're not. stupid.
0: You can
1: sleep in the spare room tonight, Alan. I'm fed up with it.
3: Fed up! you me, love. I'm sorry. I'll make it up to you.
0: It's been 35 years since Henry Kissinger happened upon a severed nose on the outskirts of Flitik. Though this wasn't my case, it's one that stayed with me. Every nose has a right to a face, every face to a nose. The idea of someone walking around with a bloody red mess and nothing to sneeze with is an unpleasant one, or maybe the noseless individual was dead. Either way, it was time to investigate further. I've cycled the five miles from my house in Dunstable to Flittick Fields, the place where Henry Kissinger, no relation, discovered the nose. I always start by returning to the scene of the crime. Today the area is a popular playing place for families. The question is, why 35 years ago would you deposit a nose in these fields and not elsewhere? Is this area a clue in itself or-
1: Excuse me,
2: are you Alan Staub?
0: I am indeed young lady.
2: My mum says you're shit.
0: I've never had much time for Flitic. It's nothing personal. I'm just very busy. Next stop, the internet. <music> the search engine Alta Vista threw up a whole host of nose-based websites. Some particularly eye-opening, but I knew what I was looking for in the summer. I would read a feature in Saga Magazine about a nose profiler, a man who could create an entire backstory based solely on a nose. After some searching I located him. Professor Stephen K. Baby, nasal profiler, Berkeley University, California. I persuaded former colleagues at Dunstable Police to fax the nose file over to Baby. Two days later we spoke. Hey, this is Stephen. Professor Stephen, Baby. Speaking. Professor Baby, this is Alan Stoob calling from Dunstable, England.
2: Hey, Alan, what's up?
0: What do you mean, what's up?
2: Relax, man, it's just a saying. Guessing you want to talk noses? I
0: certainly do, Professor. Having looked over the file, do you have any initial thoughts vis-à-vis the nose in question?
2: First up, Alan, this, this nose, a this real big nose. Real big one. In layman's terms, it's a monster. You ever see that film, Serrano de Bergerac?
0: No, but my wife Adami and me are huge fans of the TV series Bergerac starring John Nettles. You ever seen that?
2: Never heard of it, Alan. Anyway, the nose. Schnauz and a half, as we say in the trade. But there's so much more. You go on. Alan, this is a worried nose. It was born worried and it lived worried. It's proof of regular picking throughout childhood right into adulthood. Skin on the bridge displays telltale signs of wrinkling, meaning the owner got annoyed or confused or both. The age I estimate to be twenty-six, twenty-seven. There are abrasions within the nose lining which indicate the use of cheap tissue paper. So we are likely looking at someone without much money. A novelist perhaps or poet. Someone in the arts.
0: You could tell all this from the nose.
2: Nose is the window to the soul, Alan.
0: Can you say anything about the person who did it?
2: Not much, except they're left-handed. Whether they're the nose owner or the assailant, whoever hacked off this nose was a southpaw. You a boxing man, Alan? I'm a huge fan of one of your heavyweights, Mr. Henry Cooper. Man, those fights against Ali.
0: I'd rather not talk about Cooper.
2: But why not?
0: He had an affair with my wife. Jeez,
2: sorry, Alan.
0: That's okay. Thanks for your help. I have to go now. Bye. This was tantalising information, the age, the picking habits, the abrasions. It felt like I was making some progress, but I needed more. I had to get closer to the nose. Next stop, Flittick Police Station. I'm here at Flittick Police Station with my grandson Hayden. He's considering entering the force, aren't you, Hayden?
3: Your vote, Grandad.
0: Detective Phil Butterstick has been to the evidence vault and signed out the nose, and it sat before me in a glass jar. The professor was right. It's a whopper. It's been preserved in a suspension of malt vinegar and cow's wax. I'm going to take it out now. I'm wearing gloves, of course. I wouldn't dare handle a nose without them, even my own. The nose is now resting on my palm. What do you think, Hayden? It's massive, Grandad. It certainly is. Glad mine isn't that big. (laughs) It was then, momentarily distracted by my grandson's hearty laugh, that the nose slipped from my hands and slithered onto the floor. I stooped to pick it up, but Hayden noticed something. A tiny ball of what looked like paper had shot out of one of the nostrils and fizzed across the floor. I asked Hayden to lock the door and then I got down on all fours, no easy task at 82 and two thirds, and picked up the ball. It was folded tightly, so I unfolded it. It was a receipt from local hardware store Biggs for the purchase of a Draper hacksaw dated the 1st of October 1983, the day before the nose was found. The police missed this vital piece of evidence. No matter. We had found it. Next stop, Biggs Hardware.
2: Hello, Derek Biggs, founder of Biggs, Flitics premier hardware store. How can I be helping you today?
0: Hello, I'm Alan Stoop, formerly Britain's premier Nazi hunter. You've probably heard of me. No. I have a receipt here from 1983.
2: Sorry, full refunds expire after 28 days after we... What
3: Granddad is trying to explain is that we found someone else's receipt. It could be very important, so we'd like to trace the buyer please.
0: There was a long pause. After which Mr Biggs took us both in the rear. There he raised a makeshift curtain and revealed around 50 hardback notebooks. One for each year he'd owned the
2: shop. Since we opened, I've kept extensive notes on all my customers. He said. Hardware stores are where people come to buy hammers, ropes and acid. The kind of things used in violent crimes. It's useful to know who they are.
0: Biggs checked the entries for the date in question. His finger traced along the line. And then his eyes widened.
2: Tall. Scruffy. Paid in two-pence pieces. Oh, someone else in the shop recognised him, called him Uvula. Uvula? Next stop, Flittig Library.
0: (music) Having been granted out of hours access to the microfiche room, I flashed my VIP lanyard, took a deep breath and inserted the film for the Flittig and Bigglesway telephone directory, 1983-1984. to inclusive. It took two days to find him as his surname began with a Y, but find him I did. Uvila Yakult, Flat 12, Kingston Estate, Wordsworth Road, Flittick. Was it possible Mr Yakult was still resident at the same address? I rang the number, but there was no reply. There was nothing else for it to go round. I'm currently stood outside the property linked to Uvula Yakult, the man who may or may not have purchased a hacksaw from Biggs Hardware in 1983. I have no idea whether he lives here now, whether he's a man with no nose, a man who cuts off other people's noses, or just a man. There's only one way to find out. <coughs> Uvula Yakult. Who are you? Alan Stoob, formerly Britain's premier Nazi hunter, now solving outstanding cold cases in the Bedfordshire area.
2: Well, you better come in then.
0: Two things immediately struck me about Uvula. One was his outstanding level of courtesy, a rarity in this day and age. The other was that he didn't have a nose.
2: cup of tea, Alan? Or maybe a baby show?
0: I'm fine, thanks, Uvula. The hallway was adorned with self-portraits. None featured any nasal encumbrance, and all were smudged, betraying the artist's left-handedness. So come on, son. Tell us what happened.
2: In the early eighties, I was a budding artist. I'd attended Dunstable Art College.
0: The best in the land?
2: I had high hopes, Alan. But try as I might, I couldn't sell any paintings.
0: Just like Vincent van Gogh.
2: Exactly like Vincent van Gogh. I was depressed partly because the work wasn't selling, but also on account of my big nose.
0: You were still young. You would have grown into it. Maybe. Besides, women like a big nose.
2: I'm homosexual. Fair enough. Anyway, I was reading lots of books about Vincent, about how he sliced off his ear and that. One afternoon, I must have been feeling particularly suggestible as I decided to cut off my own nose.
0: Despite your face?
2: I thought it would give me character, Alan. That it would imbue my work with meaning. People would see I was serious about my art. I thought I'd sell more pictures.
0: So you purchased a hacksaw from Biggs Hardware on the Luton Road?
2: That's right. Hacked the nose off myself. It wasn't painful. Really? Sorry, I mean it it was painful. Actually, it hurt like a cunt.
0: What happened next?
2: I was so angry and upset I stood at the window and hurled the nose forth, only to watch in horror as it bounced off the roof of a double decker and landed on a taxi, whereupon a hooded raven swooped down, scooped it up in its beak and flew in a westward direction. It must have winged its way out towards Flittick Fields, then dropped it, which is where the dog, Madeleine Albright,
0: Henry Kissinger,
2: picked it up. Soon after, I started painting myself, only I quickly found the art world wasn't interested in images of people without a nose. Oh, it's all fine and lardy enough for Vincent half to go around painting himself earless. The critics love that. But a man without a nose? I'd blown it, Alan.
0: Remember, Vincent didn't sell a single picture in his lifetime. Things only turned round for him once he was dead. Not that I'm suggesting you kill yourself.
2: As you know, there's terrible stigma in the art world associated with not having a nose, Alan. I became a virtual recluse.
0: You do know you wasted an awful lot of police time.
2: Alan, I feel terrible. Not a decade goes by when I don't think about it. I just didn't have it in me to face the music. Didn't dare venture out. Whenever I did, I'd be teased. Hey, no nose. Oi, mister, where's your nose gone? Got hungry, did you? Eat up your own nose. You know, the usual.
0: It's been nice chatting with you, but I have to go now. So soon? This podcast is already way too long. In future, I'm going to try and keep them to 15 minutes.
2: Good idea, Alan. Bite size. That's the modern way. Oh, incidentally, I read your book, Alan Stoom, Nazi Hunter. It's bloody hilarious. Everyone in the world should read it.
0: Thanks, Uvula. All the best. I left Uvula's flat with a cloud of sadness hanging over me. In a moment of madness, this poor man had made a mess of his life and his face. So I contacted Professor Stephen K. Baby. He told me he'd put the poor man in touch with America's premier nasal reconstructive surgeon. Which he did. All of which put my mind at rest Which meant I was free to settle down to a Bergerac box set With my beloved wife Adami
1: Hello Alan
0: In peace Well, nearly
2: (laughs) 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 You have been listening to Alan Stoo's True Crime Casebook Taden says you should take time to like and subscribe Or the Nazis will get you Alan Stoob's True Crime Casebook was devised, written, produced and performed by Saul Wordsworth.
1: It was a Stay Vigilant production.